It's Cash Color Camp. It's a high level of conversation. Today we're not at Live Hip Hop Daily Studios. Again, we're actually at my we're actually at the crib today. We're actually at <laughs> Urban Grow Media Studios, where I'm working on my studio, uh, my fully home studio right now. So right now I'm in the living room as we're working, doing more renovations in the back. But I'm glad to have my man Norman Lawrence Jr. on today. Um, I had a chance to meet Norman back in um New, in New Orleans this last year at Black Cannabis Expo and Conference. And we had a good conversation then, and I've been wanting to get him online for the podcast for a little while now. We finally got a chance to get in touch. Thank you again for being patient, because last week, when I say I rescheduled four times, normally people just post <laughs> me after that, but he, he was patient. <laughs> so thank you so much for being That's patient. Good. So it's uh, good to be here, and um, it's always uh, a pleasure. Uh, to talk about ganja vacations and uh, what we're doing and uh, and trying to do here. So right, that's that's good. That's great, man. Okay. So before we get started, man, for those who don't know, just please introduce yourself and tell us what your role is with ganja vacations. Okay. Well, I am the founder of uh, ganja vacations. And uh, for those of you who have never heard about us, um, we are a portal for cannabis vacation experiences. Uh, people think of us like an Airbnb, but um, um, with 100% of our properties being cannabis friendly. Um, we have a focus on what I call exotic destinations. Uh, Jamaica is our first, but it's, it's not the only place uh, we intend to be. And um, we're different from most other booking platforms that you'll find in a number of ways. Uh, number one, I had already mentioned all of our properties are wheat friendly mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they range from, you know, ho hostels that rent for maybe $40 a night to, um, to luxury villas on the beach that rent for $3,500 a night, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even Rastafarian camps up in the, up in the hills. And all of them are not only cannabis friendly, but offer some kind of of, uh, of cannabis experience. Secondly, um, we do not just sell rooms. We offer packages. So a package being an experience that of course comes with a certain number of room nights, but uh, with, may include elements such as you know, airport transfers, meals, tours, and, um, and other kinds of uh, cannabis uh, experiences. We also offer tours. And our tours range from in a large, sophisticated commercial operations to the small farm, you know, unlicensed farm of some, you know, rusty guy up in the hills. Man, um, so yeah. I'm actually um, glad you cleared that up because I guess I've been dumbing you down for a little while. I just kind of made it look like, I guess I always had the impression that Ganja Vacations was simply a tour. Like when I, if I was in Jamaica, you're just taking me on tour of a spot. No, but no, you actually yeah. encompass a whole lot more. And I'm now glad to be able to learn that right now because I shouldn't right. like, Right. Yeah, we do get um, we do, you know, the tours, um, the tours in our website are even more popular mm -hmm. than um, than our vacation packages. Our tours are being found uh, a lot. I mean, if you search for a wee tour um, of any sort, we are on the first page of Google. If you search for a wee tour and include the word Jamaica, we are at the very top. So we have people in Jamaica who are in hotels or who are arriving on um, 
on a cruise ship um, who are looking for wheat tours and they're finding us. And so we're booking a lot of those and those are actually um, more popular uh, than our vacation packages because we're showing up uh, at a higher level in Google for those tours than for our wheat packages. I mean, let me tell you, we we gonna get into that a little bit later. But that was that was my experience. You know, I told you when I was last in Jamaica, we was in the grill, yeah. and I had a chance to take a tour with Tok with um with um Token tour, and I went right. to Orange Hill. I had a great time, man. I had a great time. Um, but speak to us about how you got into tourism in the first place, and what made you get into this with this occupation. Well, you know, it's sort of a long story, but um. You know, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> um, I've had a long history doing lots of different things. For the major part of my career, I was a banker. I was a corporate banker. and uh, But then, you know, I left some years back to um, pursue entrepreneurial interests and did a variety of things. And some years ago, I had um, a digital marketing business. Um, did I lose you? No, I'm right here. Okay, yeah. Uh, some years ago, I had a digital marketing business, you know, doing um, online marketing, building websites and so on. And one of my clients, it turned out, was a small resort in in Western Jamaica. And um, uh, through my experience working with that company, I came to realize how difficult it is um, for these small resorts uh, to succeed, you know, they really don't have the scale or the resources to um, differentiate themselves properly from the big boys. And so many of them struggle. And this particular resort, um, after um, weed was decriminalized in Jamaica in 2015, uh, saw an opening to differentiate themselves from other people. And they transitioned to a cannabis wellness resort to resort. And that opened my eyes. I said, well, you know, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of small resorts like this in Jamaica. Um, many of them are already evangelically <laughs> cannabis friendly, uh, already involved in perhaps not necessarily in offering it, but in helping their their um, uh, their guests to find it. And at the same time, there are thousands of people in America, in Canada, in Europe, coming to Jamaica looking for weed. And there's really no easy way for these two groups who want to find each other to find each other. And so that is the, the seed uh, from which um, Ganja Vacations was created. That's crazy. Uh, but, yeah, but, you know, Jamaica is where we started. Uh, but it's not the be all and end all of what we want to be. As I said earlier, we're focused on what I call exotic destinations. As, as, as of this moment, there are probably close to 20 different Caribbean nations who are either in the process of changing their marijuana laws or have recently done so. And so I believe that in a few years, we're going to have a really significant Caribbean-wide uh, cannabis um, tourism business and we expect to be a major player in that and then to expand from there uh, to other places and, you know, including the U.S. as well. But, you know, yeah. we want to stay in this lane and be a significant player here uh, before we jump to other places. 
Okay, I understand that. And so your major foothold right now is in Jamaica. Um, right. people, I'm pretty sure if, if just saying that alone, most people would say, well, that's easy. I'm pretty sure every place wants to be 420 friendly, but that's actually not the case. How hard was it for you to actually find these kind of resorts that are 420 friendly that would be opening, you know, that'd be open for people like myself coming from out of, out of the country to the country to be able to consume and consume in peace? Um, you know, it's not hard to find. Um, now, <laughs> Jamaica is a very interesting place. Yes. You know, um, there are a lot of people who see Jamaica as sort of the world's weed capital. <laughs> and uh, it's easy to find. And, um, you know, tourists have been coming there for decades to find it. And um, it's easy to find, you know, um, oftentimes you know, you're checking out of the airport and the taxi driver, the red cap is trying to sell you stuff. Happened to me. <laughs> not, right? <laughs> not, not, not necessarily good stuff. But um, these these small resorts have always been uh, cannabis friendly. Um, in most areas of Jamaica where you find them, uh, there are lots of small growers in that area. Um, and so um, it's there has it, weed is not only a very substantial part of uh, Jamaican culture, but um, it's um, it's it's uh, it's always been easy to find, and these small resorts um, have have always been friendly to it and have always been helping people to find it. On the other hand, you know. Um, <clears throat> Um, even though it's always been 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 um, easy to find, um, it was not legal, <laughs> and um, and um, there were very stiff penalties uh, that uh, came along with with um, with possessing it, uh, and you know the Rastafarian community uh, perhaps more than anyone um, bore the brunt of it, right? Because it was so um, endemic to their to their rituals, their rites, their um, their culture, and um, and their religion, and that changed substantially um, with the, with the liberalization of the laws in 2015. But you know, uh, you know, be, because of I think Jamaica's colonial past, there's still resistance to it, a stigma to it. Uh, in I would say the the uh, upper middle classes. <laughs> Um, who uh, are just not yet comfortable with it, that will change, um, but um, that will take time. Um, it's, um, it's, it's never been a problem, um, I would say, for the overwhelming majority of Jamaicans. Yeah. What I, what I learned when I got to Jamaica, and it's funny that you said that, right when I got off the airport, the minute you get off the airport, they ask you, do you want to weed? <laughs> like when I, get on the, when I got on the yeah. bus to the, to the resort, he actually made an announcement on the bus. If you're looking for weed, I got weed for you. Yeah, said, oh yeah, oh yeah. People was asking me, do I want weed? It was almost like feeling like you was at a gas station in, in, in America and just right. everybody was bombarding you with, the, with this different kind yeah. of weed. So you would have really felt like it was already a situation where it was legal and everybody was already yeah, involved yeah. in the industry. But that's yeah. far from the case with Jamaica that I ended up learning right. about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speak to us about yeah. itself when it comes to trying to legalize cannabis and trying to make cannabis an actual profitable plant. How do you feel like they do you feel like it's been they've been successful as far as trying to roll it out? And are they being successful in trying to roll it out and include um, legacy growers and people who have been growing like the people up in Orange Hills? Have you feel like they've been successful in doing that? 
No, they're not. Um, I think Jamaica and um, my focus has not been on this part of the business, but I think comparing it to say most states here in the US, uh, they have a pretty good, uh, well thought out um, legal regime. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, in terms of um, what is required to to grow it, to process it, to um, uh, to transport it, to retail it, and so on. Um, but um, they've, although there's a lot of talk about this uh, at all levels of government and also within the CLA, which is the, the Cannabis Licensing Authority down there that, it, that uh, makes the rules and, um, and, and enforces the rules, they have not found a way to really bring the small farmers into the legal regime. It's a very tough problem. I think their intentions are good. Uh, but they have not really spent enough time on it and um, not giving it enough focus or resources. And there's a lot of frustration that's that's building. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, a lot of these small rastamen uh, who have been doing this all their, their lives, um, they are very fearful that American and Canadian money is going to come in. And a fair amount of that is already happening yes. and take over an industry that um that um has existed on on their backs for uh, for decades so it is it is a problem uh it's uh, there's no easy solution for it and uh i can't tell you how it's going to be resolved because i really don't know i have no idea yeah i felt bad you know when i was in orange hill and again i had a chance to go through token tour i definitely got to shout them out i had a chance to go up to orange hill and the thing that really hit me hard was yeah, you have these people who've been doing this for absolute decades. And to hear some mm -hmm. of the stories they had to deal with from police burning crops to, um, right. you know, and, it, and it, was just, it was just almost terrifying to hear. But then to mm -hmm. also turn around and know that there's a legal market happening. I was so confused. But also mm -hmm. I feel that I really feel like if anything, some of the some of the legal um, some legal, excuse me, the legacy growers, you're probably better off not being part of the legal market. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you've already been you've already figured out how to grow. You already figured out your market. You already figured out your base. I think the best thing they need to do is just figure out a way that you don't criminalize these people for being able to do something that's not going to be part of a traditional business model. I feel personally. Right. And some of that is going on because I don't think um, the police is not aggressively going after these people uh, unless they're operating on a large scale. Yeah. So um, the, they're literally looking the other way and, um, and uh, these guys are doing what they normally do. Now, they probably have uh, problems selling to, um, uh, to the licensed retailers because they're probably um, restricted of, uh, as to who they can buy from. But, you know, there is, I think, a robust um, black market and uh, these guys are doing just fine. Just fine. Just fine. Yeah. I had yeah. Going yeah. up there and getting some weed. Just fine. Yeah. They're doing just fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to Ganja Vacations, you know, again, Jamaica is your biggest is your, is probably where your biggest um, um, foot, footprint is right now as far as with your business. What would be the place that you feel like is most um, requested when it comes to people trying to book with Ganja Vacations, when it comes to having a hotel or trying to take an excursion? Like, what's been the most requested? You know, um, most people don't know. Now, there's some people who know about Negril mm -hmm. um, and um, 
and there are there are serious Gandra enthusiasts who know about Orange Hill. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but um, but um, most people don't know, and um, it's not an issue because you know we have resorts uh, all over the island. You know, a lot of it is, is of course concentrated along the north coast where you have all the good beaches, uh, but also in the extreme west, Negril, and uh, around the coast uh, from Negril in an area um, known as Treasure Beach. Um, but um, but most people don't know. Uh, they just um, uh, have certain criteria. You know, they want to be up in the mountains or they want to be on the beach. And, um, and you know, there may be some a few other criteria, but most people don't know where they want to go. Well, and then, decide where you looking want to go. First that, yeah. Decide where you want to go because you will get overwhelmed. You, people people yeah. act like Jamaica is a city. Jamaica is a country. And right, right. I even realized that myself going to from going from um the grill to Orange Hill. It's, 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 Jamaica's huge. That, that was a long, long, long trip. Yeah. Well, ex except that, you know, the roads between, say, Negril and Orange Hill are not that great. <laughs> no. Not at all. I've never been more scared in my life to be on a highway. I was like, motorcycles are coming, people are driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was terrified. Yeah, yeah. Orange Hill is, is country. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I admired it. Like, I tell people all the time, like, yeah. I speak about my time in Orange Hill, and it wasn't that long, but, man, I just really enjoyed the whole community. Like, this is a community yeah. that's really been built on cannabis, and yeah. I'm looking at the peacefulness. I'm looking at, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, this is yeah. me only there for a little while. I'm looking at the peacefulness. Yeah. I'm looking at the happiness. Yeah. The same people were cool. And yeah. I was saying, like, this is actually a good model. I would I, I, leave people alone. Let them, let, they don't have to yeah. own part of the business. Let this just yeah. exist. Yeah, I was at a wedding some years ago in a place called Little Bay, mm -hmm. which is probably about a half an hour from Orange Hill. So it's part of that uh, ganja growing region. And there were probably, I don't know, 40, 45 people at the wedding. And uh, all of them were from America. Okay. Um, um, maybe except for one or two of them had never been in Jamaica before in their lives. Okay. And uh, within an hour of arriving at the property, they all had weed, <laughs> most of them, <laughs> um, right? Because, you know, somebody, some worker, uh, you know, waiter, whatever, uh, they asked and they got hooked up. I mean, it is so easy to get. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. It's extremely easy, man. But what's not easy is yeah. to the, the U.S. market, especially for what you do. This we have legal place. We have places that are legal, but when it comes to hotels and it comes to resorts and things like that, now you're going into whole different laws and different and different conversations. Um, I know you mentioned that you do are thinking about branching out. Are there any places in America that you have personally targeted, and have you already started trying to make those little kind of inroads? Um, not really. You know, um, um, obviously. Um, the focus would be on states where where adult use is already legal. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, I think there is um, um, uh, some very promising opportunities in Jamaica uh, in in the U.S. Um, I can see. Uh, I think I saw um, a news item this week where there's a hotel uh, in Las Vegas on the yes. Strip. Yes. Uh, that's now becoming 
uh, that's going to be uh, cannabis focused. Uh, there are already hotels like this, I think, in Denver and Phoenix and a few other places. So, um, you know, and and I believe that, you know, there are um, there are cannabis that you can find cannabis friendly uh, B and B's in just about every state of the union, um, um, because over the past few years there's been such a proliferation of 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 cannabis enthusiasts traveling and looking for these kinds of accommodations because they can't you know they can't smoke uh in the uh, at the major hotel properties that uh, you know cannabis friendly accommodations the need for cannabis friendly accommodations um has blossomed and um and um it's they're just about now everywhere they're not hard to find anymore and so there are other platforms you know like ours you know um that are out there um that are um that are where you can find these uh, these kinds of properties. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to ask. Um, what is your background when it comes to cannabis? Like, have you been a consumer in your past life? Is is that something that also led you to jumping into ganja vacation? <laughs> no, you know, smoking of any sort has never had any interest to me. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not a smoker. You know, I, you know, I, um, I use various CBD products. Okay. One that helped me sleep and so on. So, I mean, and growing up in Jamaica, I saw it all around. I mean, I, um, and the, you know, the grown ups during my time, um, you know, at least in my family, didn't encourage you. <laughs> so, but, but smoking cigarettes, cigars, cannabis, whatever, is never something that, that appealed to me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> let me not be let me not be judgmental either. I just assume everybody yeah. from Jamaica, because it's so mm. prevalent just smokes. So I'm actually meeting somebody yeah. who's from Jamaica who actually is not a smoker. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at the um, future of the company, where do you see the future going as we move forward over the next year, especially over this year? Like, I mean, this year is, is full yeah. of opportunity for you for yourself, I'm sure. Where do you feel like the future is going for this year and even further down the road? It's just growth, you know. I mean, we launched uh, in late 2019. Okay. Somewhere around November or December of, of 2019. And the plan at the time was to, you know, operate on the radar for a few months, you know, populate the website with properties, with packages and so on, and then make a big, big splash sometime mid to late 2020. But as you probably know, in between those two dates, COVID happens, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, 2020 uh, was a dud, and uh, most of 2021 um, um, was also a dud. So I think that um, we have just begun to gain traction since, I would say, mid last year, and uh, and this year uh, has started out really good. Uh, so we are very. Um, um, optimistic of how this year is going to look. So for the next few years, it's it's growth. It's um and um, we're doing this in a variety of ways. One of the you know our customer is a known cannabis consumer, right? And so one of the things we're doing is partnering um, with uh, with companies like say dispensers that already have a relationship with that customer. 
and um, and doing things like giveaways in order to um, to not only extend our reach and our brand to those kinds of people, uh, but um, to build relationships with them through you know building our email database so that we can market to them directly. And so that's part of the plan for this year is to we now have the resources to do some more advertising and to do some more partnering with essentially cannabis uh, with consumer facing cannabis companies to extend our reach and to build our brand. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I, I wish you the best of luck. I think that you have an amazing idea and, and not sure if we're going to Jamaica this year again, me and my wife try to go out, out of the, out of the country once a year. Maybe we go to um the Virgin Islands. Oh, Virgin Islands opened up. Hopefully you got to stop down there for us if we do, but I would love to love to chat in with Ganja Vacation to help, help see what y'all can help us do when we're on, when we're, we're out of the country. Would love to do that. So for those who would want to get, get in touch with Ganja Vacations, how could they do that? Uh, they can go to our website, um, ganjavacations.net, or they can email me personally, norman at ganjavacations.net. They can even phone me, you know, 312-709-9959. Long story short, there's no, there's many ways to contact this man. Go ahead and book your tours, book your vacations, and enjoy yourself the way you want to enjoy yourself when you're out of the country with Ganja Vacations. Norman, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for doing this. Thank you no very problem. much. Good luck. No problem. No problem. And that is um, Cash Color Camp is a high level of conversation.